obedience, 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 obedience is a cornerstone of our faith in God. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, it assures about what we do not see. Being obedient requires faith in God. Without faith, it is impossible to walk with God. I will. Obedience. Obedience. Obey God. Hey, y'all. And welcome to the seventh episode of Obedience Podcast. We're going to start this episode out with a prayer. God, I want to thank you for allowing us to meet again today. I want to thank you for allowing me to think of this topic to have today. And I hope that we reach someone out there and they really are encouraged by this topic. I pray that during this story that I guess remains strong and she's able to tell her story and get her testimony out. Because we know that's why she went through it, just so she can declare your greatness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, uh, last week we talked about, um, well, first, this is our se- seventh episode of Obedience mm-hmm. Podcast. Um, we hope that you guys listened on last week. Last week was our topic of being ungrateful. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we are ungrateful. We talked about the Israelites, and we all have a little Israelite, Israelite in us. Um, so, in those moments, we just have <coughs> to remain grateful. Um, that was our closing word on last week. Mm-hmm. So that's why on this week we chose the topic of thankful. We're in a season of Thanksgiving and the holidays. Um, we gave you pr- a pretty much an intro of that. Um, but yeah, that's why we chose this topic of being thankful. Yes. So our very first guest is really special. Mm-hmm. Um, not just because she's my aunt, but because she's went through a lot of battles in her life. And she survived all of them through faith, mm-hmm. as she has said, and through her great and through the grace of God. Yes, she has um, overcome many obstacles in her life, and she's done it all with her head held high. Mm-hmm. She's the oldest of seven children, the mother of two boys, the grandmother of three boys, and she serves on the deaconess board at Union Missionary Baptist Church. And she is a friend to many, and most importantly, she is my nana. Introducing Miss Carmen Williams. Come on, introduction like the Baptist Church. Come on, introduction. First, give a reverence to God. <laughs> you forgot that part. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Nana. Thank you, thank you. A pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. Yeah. As you guys see, she has a great makeover provided by Brianna Tache. Yes. And um, also, as you can see, we all have on purple. So purple is her favorite color. Of and course. so we wanted to represent yes. her today by wearing purple. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so our base scripture for this topic is going to be John 16 and 33. And I'll read it in the NIV. Um, and it reads, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So first, we're going to basically talk about some of the struggles that she went through in her life. So our first topic is going to be tests and trials. So first, can you explain to us what exactly is sarcoidosis in your journey to finding out your diagnosis? Okay, first, uh, sarcoidosis has a lot of meaning. Uh, to it. So I just jot down one of the meanings to me. It is 
a chronic disease that can affect uh, multiple organs, uh, inflammatory disease that affect the eyes, joint, skin, heart, mostly the lungs, but a very much life-changing, livable disease, but uncurable. Mm-hmm. So what was the journey to finding out your diagnosis? Okay. My journey started out, and hopefully I'll make it through it. You're going to make it. You got it. You got it. We got you. And my journey started on February the 25th, 2010. About three to four months prior to that, I was going back and forth to the doctor with shortness of breath. And, uh, and uh, I'm a workaholic. And uh, I even kept going to work while I was uh, being short of breath. But on this day, February 25th, 2010, I was very, very short of breath. I went to work anyway. It was a very, very cold day. And uh, being out in the air helped me to breathe a little better. But anyway, I goes to work, and I couldn't catch my breath even to go back to the clock in. And I come back, uh, and... My manager says, you know, why did you come to work like that? You're sick. And I you know, I'll be all right. But um, but she slipped and went and called my son. And uh, he came to pick me up. And, uh, and he took me straight to the doctor's office at Spring Hill. And what happened was he sent me on to the emergency room. And once I got in the emergency room, then they, next thing I know, they got me all hooked up to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I couldn't understand what I was having. All I knew that I had was real short of breath. I didn't have really cold symptoms because uh, you don't really have cold symptoms. Uh, I was just short of breath. The more I talked, the shorter my breath got. The mm-hmm. more I walked, the shorter my breath got. Well, when so when the doctor started, they procedures on procedure on me. And they ran tests and things. So about 15 minutes maybe into into that, I lost my breath. And God see fit to blow breath back into me. At that time, I had developed pneumonia on my lungs. Pneumonia on my lungs. And they took me to the um, intensive care. After they brought me back to, and um, took me to the intensive care, so I was in Spring Hill Hospital for about about four to five weeks. About five weeks, the doctor <clears throat> told me that um, we're gonna have to uh, gonna have to do a little small procedure. Uh, it's a serious procedure, uh, but in order to find out what's really going on with you, because we can't seem to. Uh, get you to breathe it right, and uh, and that is to give me a lung biopsy. Mm-hmm. So uh, they give me the lung biopsy, um, and after the lung biopsy, he said that it came back and tested that I have Boop's disease. That's B O O B, and it was another organizing pneumonia that was on your lungs as well. So they treated me for that. For about a year and a half. 
for that. And so going back, I had to go to the doctor's office once a week because the medication they had me on was so potent that it was affecting my kidneys and my and my liver as well. So I had to go to the doctor once a week uh, for about a year and a half. And about that year and a half, going to the doctor's office, I had to have help doing everything. I couldn't drive. I couldn't do anything. So um, going to the doctor, that finally that one time, I actually could drive myself because it was a, over a year before I could actually drive. I actually drove myself that day. And that day he told me that uh, I need for you to go and take a CT scan here and go to this place and take an MRI. And uh, and then come back to my office. I didn't know what he was trying to tell me then, so I'm I'm just happy to go look. I'm feeling better because times have went on, you know, and I've learned how to live with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, when I get back to him, uh, my doctor, my pulmonary doctor here in Mobile, he says that uh, that he was sorry at the time that my lungs had gotten worse and and um there was nothing else he could do for me because at first my lungs was just scarred on the left side and now they had to to develop and was scarred all over so he said there's nothing else a pulmonary doctor here in mobile could do for me uh could be done if there's any way that I could get to Birmingham to a specialist disease doctor. So, and I said, yes, I have people there, you know, and I'm sure my family helped me get there. And he said, so they made an appointment. This is in December. And as soon as the appointment they could get me for the specialist was in March. Mm-hmm. So I go, we finally go to the go to the appointment and the first thing he says is that uh, Miss William I looked at your diagnosis that they did you with he said I think that you have you don't have boots disease I believe you have something a little worse but we're going to keep you on the medication and do what you've been doing until we find out mm-hmm. so 30, 33 Procedures and blood works time later, over a year, going back and forth. My family, my my mother, my sons, my sisters, all of them had to keep me back and forth to Birmingham mm-hmm. for over a year uh, just to find out what was really going on. And so in March of 2013, it's when he called me and said, Miss William, you no longer have to come back up here anymore. He says, oh, it's just like I said. He talked to me for about almost an hour and said, you know, that it's just like I said, that you you do not have a boot disease, but you had something a little worse. And you have uh, what they call pulmonary fibrosis. Sarcoidosis, and 
And I'm like, so what is that? You know, I, I, I didn't know what that word means. I didn't know what, uh, I know I had pulmonary problems. And, but, uh, and so he went on to explain to me that it's a life-changing experience. If I wanted to live, that I would have to change my whole way of life. That I would be on oxygen for the rest of my life. I would have to take breathing treatments three times a day. I would have to wear my oxygen to keep me settled. So at this time, I I no longer um, could be around somebody that's smoking at all. Uh, no alcohol, no strong odor, uh, Clorox, perfume, colognes, such things like that. Uh, I couldn't be around somebody that... Uh, have that on, uh, I go into uh, lung failure to where as I lose my breath, and uh, and it takes me a while to come come out. And and as he said, if you do, you know, don't get you some air, then you know I might not come out. So twenty in March of twenty thirteen was when I was diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis sarcoidosis. So with that experience and all those traveling back and forth and those that life-changing diagnosis, how can you talk about like God's grace like during those times? How did you make it? By the grace of God, my faith was already strong. My mother and my grandmother raised me up in the church and believe in God and have faith in God and know that he's a healer. Mm-hmm among our healers that prayer still works. Mm-hmm. Prayer is the answer to it all. He said, they taught me that many people can pray for you, but praying for yourself. And I became like one-on-one with God. Uh, I prayed, I prayed and prayed and, and, and look, like the more I prayed, the more faith he would give me, the more joy he would give me he never would let me be sad. He never would let me worry about anything. One of the things that they told me as well in my life-changing experience that I can't be stressed. I can't have no drama or, or anything like that uh, because my lungs were just that scarred to any little thing could ricochet me, you know, uh, uh, which made my heart um, uh, me into congestion heart failure as, as well. Uh, during my diagnosis, uh, I had that too. So, uh, so all that in knowing that what he told me that I had, so I know all I did was took it to God in prayer mm-hmm. and look like the more I prayed, the more relief, the release, the healing that God would give me, mm-hmm. that God would give me. And, and, and I just prayed and, and I listened and I had the faith because medically, both doctors here in Mobile and Birmingham said there was nothing else they could do for me. All I had was God's grace and mercy brought me through. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's beautiful. So I know that um, going back to the timeline, you talked a lot. It started all, you said, in 
February of 2012? Or? It, when it started? Mm-hmm. February 25th. 2010. Oh, 2010. So mm-hmm. it took three years before you mm-hmm. actually got an actual diagnosis right. of right. what you were really battling right. with. Right. So during that time, that time frame, was your te- faith ever tested? I was married for 30 years, and my husband was a drinker and a smoker. And God fixed it to where it's, uh, he stopped smoking and drinking and was able to help take care of me. So that was a blessing within itself. And we got along even that much more the last three years of his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, so, so one day we was, uh, one day we was uh, going to, by the doctors already saying, you know, nothing else can be done for me. I'm I'm trying to teach him how to live without me. Uh, so teaching him the household things, you know, that need to be done and have to be done and different things because I'm going by what man said. Mm-hmm. But I'm still believing in God, you know, uh, with my faith that uh, he's, he's, he's a healer. And he has healed me mm-hmm. uh, and got me where I am today. Uh, so this... Uh, on this particular day, uh, me and my husband drove to the bank, and uh, and uh, he's the one who has been helping me through it all. One of the ones that been helping me through it all too. He drove to the bank uh, that day, and uh, I got out the car and went to the bank and uh, went to the bank and. Um, I was in there five minutes, maybe five minutes. And when I came back out and got back in the car, God had called him home. So I I, I would say that would be my strength in God right there that if anybody could ever stress you out, you know, or there'll be drama, is to find your husband or loved one, you know, uh, dead in uh so he was gone just that quick, and 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 I was hysterical, of course, and everything. But God got me through that. Got me through that. He he never did come back to, but he was in the hospital for ten days, and uh, and we had his funeral and everything. And I didn't go in the cardiac arrest. I didn't have to have special treatment or anything, you know. So, but the doctors said. Mm-hmm. Just like they said, they couldn't do anything for me, but the doctor said I couldn't have no stress upon me or, or drama. But God showed me mm-hmm. that whatever He put me, bring me to, He'll bring me through it. Mm-hmm. And He showed me that that I upheld myself, that He upheld me through the fertilizing of my husband. That was my. That was my all. Uh, moment that I know that there is a God mm-hmm. and he is my healer, mm-hmm. my protector, my deliverer. Yes. That's true. Wow. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful story that, you know, just the, the, your testimony through that time or your sickness, but even still God is still a promise keeper. Like he still comforts you throughout that, that time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Woo! <laughs> 
<laughs> we have no room to be ungrateful. <laughs> no yes, room. No, 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 no. No room. So it, all of my good days outweigh my bad days. Mm-hmm. And Ashley, what you just said makes me think of First Corinthians mm-hmm. one and nine in the amplified version. If I can find it. Okay. It says God is faithful. He is reliable, trustworthy, Mm -hmm. and ever true to his Mm -hmm. promise. Mm -hmm. He can be depended on. Mm -hmm. And through him, you will call into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm -hmm. So he is a promise keeper. He's Mm -hmm. a promise keeper. Yes, he is. Mm. Yes, he is a promise keeper. I feel a song in my spirit. Yes. Promise keeper, he will. Yes, he will. (laughs) I wasn't ready. time that you ever doubted God, any of his promises, God's promises? I never had, I never, I never doubted God. He, and he never allowed me to, to doubt him because everything I asked him for, every time I asked him to get me through this and get me through that, all the procedures I had to go mm-hmm. through with before surgery, he, he always, he brought me through, through it all, even through, like I said, the, the, the weakest one was my defibrillation, finally my husband did, and then going through that, but that, that was my strongest one mm-hmm. uh, they have to go through, but in the, actually I believe that one made everything else easy mm-hmm. to know that all I gotta do is go to God in prayer, and, and he'll answer, and he always have, he never, he never let me down. Joy, he have give, given me much joy. Wow. And he don't let me worry about anything. It's not that I don't have anything to worry about, mm-hmm. but he don't let me worry about anything. Cause what I ask him for, and if I, and, and he lets me know and shows me that if I don't get it, then it ain't for me. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. And maybe if I don't get it right then, I might get it later. Mm-hmm. Cause that's when I need it. So I learned to depend on God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes me think. I know you said that. Everything that you asked him to get you through, it makes me think of when we were getting ready for your birthday party. Was it the 50th birthday party? Yes, the 50th. And uh-huh. I know that was around the time when everything was going mm-hmm. on. And I remember mm-hmm. um, Granny just saying, I was just praying to let her make it to her party. Yes, yes. And you were able to go to the party and walk around. Yes, my, um, and I always wanted to have, I used to be a wedding coordinator. And, um, and, uh. And I always uh, wanted to have me a party, but I never want. I said I want to have my fiftieth birthday party, mm-hmm. and uh, and my sons say, you know, Mama, you still want to have the party? We can have you a party. And I'm like, you know, I'm going through all this, baby. I don't, I don't know if I want no. So I say, well, okay then. So, um, um. So my, my goddaughters and my sons and my sisters, uh, my mother, all of them uh, got together and and uh, they told me, asked me what I want. Even my uh, Derek Griffin, uh, Mobile Finest uh, Coordinator, he wanted to do that for me after he found out my about my illness that he wanted to help give me the uh, party uh, too. 
So I was obviously ex- ex- excited and ecstatic about that. My birthday is February 28th, and they gave me this big 50th birthday party, and with almost 300 people uh, there at Thomas Sullivan that came out and wished me well, and I was so overjoyed, you know, People didn't have to do that for you, and and I, at the time I was I did have to wear my mask and, and everything, and but people came out and uh, poured out so much blessings and so much joy. Uh, I was so overwhelmed with almost three hundred people wow. uh, at my fiftieth birthday party, and that that makes me that made me felt so good. The Birmingham doctor. When he told me that I was diagnosed with pulmonary uh, fibrosis, sarcoidosis, that um, there was nothing else that can be done for me. He said the only other thing that could help me would be to have a weight loss surgery to help me to breathe better. Mm-hmm. I was on steroids for two and a half years. I had gained up to 350 pounds um, at the time of my party. If I could breathe better, then it would help me to live better mm-hmm. uh, on it. And uh, so he said, but in your shape, you know, we'll have to go through a series of things uh, because of my medical condition. And uh, so, uh, again, I'm praying to God, you know, if it's, it's for me to have the surgery, to let me have the surgery. Uh, then let me pass these procedures that I have to go through with to see if I can have the surgery. If that's going to help me, you know, Lord, doing that. If it's, if it's not going to help me, don't let me have the surgery, you know. So, th- th- again, this is my prayer to the Lord. So, so all these procedures I went through and everything, I was passing, you know, okay, everything's okay. So, uh, I ended up having the uh, surgery. I had to go to Birmingham to have it because they wouldn't touch me here in Mobile because of my medical uh, conditions. So, um when I go through the surgery, the doctor then uh, developed that I had tumors, which ended up being cancer. Then, uh, I did not know that going in, but in the recovery room, she came in and told me the funny story about that uh, is when I had the surgery. And, and like I said, I had to have the surgery in Birmingham. And uh, another joy and well wishful thing it was six cars from Mobile went to Birmingham with me for me to have my surgery. That's family and friends and my, and my church family and all uh, that was there. So after surgery and they come out and tell you, you know, they call the person and say that we're your family. And uh, so when she talking to me in recovery, when I get in my room, then she uh, she tells me this story. Uh, then, but when she called them, she went to the, uh, and she said, uh, who's with the William family? And she said, and the whole room came up. <laughs> she said, the whole room came up. She said, you are one well-loved person. She said, I've been in business over 20 years and did several surgeries. I never seen that many people there. She said, you are well-loved. Let me tell you. She said, and I looked around, so I could not tell them <laughs> that I found cancer, but uh, 
She said, I told them you came out of recovery and, and everything went well, which it did. Mm -hmm. And uh, but she said, because they didn't know that you went in there for that anyway, so I wasn't supposed to tell them first anyway. But I was intimidated. I wasn't fixing to tell them anyway because <laughs> so, it was so many people. But then that's when she told me that uh, tumor. And, uh, and she cut it out and had it diagnosed at the time. And then that's when... Uh, she said, I believe I cut it out out because uh, I cut out a little more than I supposed to have been, been to make sure that I get it mm -hmm. out. So I think I got it out, out, out. But I'm going to send you to the oncologist mm -hmm. um, for the next two weeks um, to have some more tests done. And, um, and that's when I was diagnosed with having stomach cancer. At the time. So again, now my family having to take me back and forth again to Birmingham for the next five years. And thank God that one of the last times that I went back there, the oncologist says to me that you need to thank God and thank your doctor. She says, because you had had what they call stomach cancer, and it's rarely caught. And when you catch it, uh, when it's diagnosed, it usually be too late. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, she, when she caught it, she cut it all out. And it's rare that stomach cancer comes back. That's why you have to be tested five years mm -hmm. uh, after words uh, after been tested for so so uh she says uh so you need to hug her and hug her tight because she did a wonderful job so i thank god for that so there's another miracle mm -hmm. that god gave me that god gave me um from my surgery you just got miracles yes. on miracles yes. Grace, yes i'm a miracle child i'm a miracle child when i tell you i'm a miracle child i am a miracle child so what was one thing um, that God provided to you through your journey to help you through? I would have to say, I couldn't have made it without my family, first and most God. But uh, it's like brought our family uh, closer together because uh, they was always there for me. Without them, I could not have gotten through a lot of it. Uh, but they was always there for me. So uh, I seen that, you know, that um, many people, you know, need help when they when they sick and, mm -hmm. and, and you know, and, and they have their families there, but they don't bother about, you know, you know, they have their own lives to live yeah. and everything. But my family, they was there all, every step of the way. They, they put their work around the times to see about me. So uh, uh, that's that's one of the, the the things that I learned, um, in in on my journey that that I have a loving family. I knew that already, but mm -hmm. a truly faithful, God fearing family. And it always remind me of the song, "Hold On to God's Unchanging Hand." Hold to His hand. Come on. God's unchanging hands, you are to hold to his hands. 
God's unchanging hands, you ought to build your hopes on things eternal. You ought to hold to God's unchanging hands. Yes, thank God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so I will tell you, that was one of the things, too, that, that uh, uh, he told me not to sing anymore uh, with my diagnosis uh, because it takes up more breath mm-hmm. uh, and anything. And uh, But I felt like an old girl of praise, so I was still, when I got strong enough with oxygen taken out, I was in the choir still singing, uh, giving God the glory in November of last year. And uh, and at that time is when he told me that my my um, vocal cord was scarred as well. That um, it best that I didn't sing anymore. That's why I couldn't sing now to <laughs> with, with the song. But yes, that I didn't. Well, it was best that I didn't uh, sing anymore because now the scar tissue has uh, messed up my vocal cords. Mm-hmm. As well, mm-hmm. that if uh, if I would really strain and try to sing, mm-hmm. that it was uh, probably you know throw me into heart failure. Oh, so, wow. mm-hmm. well, I'm yeah. glad God hears our, our whispers. Yes, yes and he does. He, he, he knows does. our hearts where yes. our prayers come from. So, yes, that's good to know. So that leads me us into our testimony part of our mm-hmm. um, segment. Yesterday, I know yesterday I reached out and I was like, okay, so what's the, the, the Bible verse that got you through the most trying time? And you gave me two scriptures. So the first one was Hebrews, Hebrews 11 and 1, mm-hmm. which is in the intro mm-hmm. of our show. So I know you guys know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but the second one is Psalm 23, 23 so the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm. Which mm-hmm. Ashley and I had like an experience <laughs> With that, cause really, it, yeah, because I told her, you know, when I was little, I would get in trouble, I would have to write the 23rd song, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so she asked me, Did I know it? and I said, No, because I was just being forced to write it. <laughs> <laughs> she was just trying to get over with, yeah. So, yesterday, what I did was I actually sat down and went through the 23rd song and tried to get like a deep understanding of it, and so I'm gonna read it, um, and then I'll say notes that I wrote down as I go through it. But it starts off with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Mm-hmm. And so, a shepherd mm-hmm. is a person who herds and tends and guards sheep. Mm-hmm. So they are a person who protects and guides mm-hmm. and watches over a group of people. Mm-hmm. So, the Lord is my shepherd. Yes, yes. I yes. shall not want. So, yes. with God, you don't have any lack. Yes. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, and that's just the first Verse, mm-hmm. you know, the first scripture. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Once yes. you get that mindset, <laughs> that's I mean, it. That's it. You, right you, your walk changed. Like, Shepherd. Let me hush. That's why. <laughs> go, go that's ahead. why it's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. The second, he making me to lie down in green pastures. Mm-hmm. He leaded me beside still waters. Yes, yes. So, um, in my Bible, it took me back to Revelations seven seventeen in the Amplified Version. Let me go there real quick. Let me get that. But seven seventeen kind of circles back 
to that, it says, For the Lamb who is in the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to he will guide them to springs of the waters of life, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes, mm-hmm. giving them eternal comfort. Mm-hmm. So eternal in comfort. the book of Revelations, it brings you back to the twenty third Psalms, the mm-hmm. second verse where it says he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, mm-hmm. and he leadeth me beside still That's waters. Um, and I know when I think of green pastures, I put it on the screen. It's just like this field of just green. Mm-hmm. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty green. And still waters, I like to think of. Pretty like blue. Calm. Just yeah. calm. Mm-hmm. Peace. Like a spa. The mm-hmm. the, the the music you hear when you go to the spa. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so I was watching a YouTube video just trying to really understand green pastures. Um, and in the video, he says, green pastures are not everything you need for the rest of your life. God is saying, if you follow me, I'll plunk you down and you'll never have you'll never have to move an inch the rest of your life. Mm. And so that's what green pastures are. It's just, it's not saying everything is going to be good. Mm-mm. But Mm-mm. whatever you're going mm-hmm. through, he's going to get you yes, through. That's what it's saying. That's what it's saying. Um, three, he restored my soul. Mm-hmm. He leaded me in the paths of righteousness yes, for yes. his name's sake. Yes. Yea, though Yay, I walk through the, I walk. the valley of the shadow of death, Yes, I will I fear, fear no, no evil. evil. For thou art with me. Yes. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Yeah, they comfort me. So, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Mm -hmm. So, even just thinking back to your journey. Like, what were the chances of you, them finding your stomach cancer? Yes. You know? He was with you to where he gave your first doctor yes. the thought to oh let's do mm-hmm. the weight loss surgery mm-hmm. and that was the only way that they would have been able to mm-hmm. find the stomach mm-hmm. cancer and then I wrote down it says thy rod and thy staff to really mm-hmm. understand so mm-hmm. the rod is our protection mm-hmm. the staff is how he guides us mm-hmm. and so if we talk about the staff we go back to Moses mm-hmm. and we talked about mm-hmm. it last episode so Moses had a staff as he went to um, free the Israelites mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from Egypt and mm-hmm. so it was the staff of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so God created a lot of miracles yes. with that staff mm-hmm. to get yes. them out of Egypt. Yes. And um, I wrote down a couple examples of what a rod is from a website. I forgot. I'll link it below. Mm-hmm. But it says that it's a symbol of the shepherd's guardianship. Mm-hmm. It can be thrown to send the animal back. So when it said that, it made me think that sometimes, you know, we we'll go off a little bit too far from God. Mm-hmm. And he'll do mm-hmm. something to bring us back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Snatch his back. He sure will. <laughs> yeah. He sure will. Come again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a living witness of that. Yes. It wars off intruders and protects against attack. Mm-hmm. And so, thy rod. Mm-hmm. Thy rod and thy yes. staff. Thou preparest yeah. the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Yes. yes. Thou anointest my head with yes. oil and yes. my cup runneth over. Surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of all my life. The days. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. forever. So going back to five, then my cup runneth over. So when you are walking in your life with God, so we have a normal cup, right? Right. And so if you're going through life without God, 
like this is your this is your cup. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna stop right here. Mm-hmm. But as you allow God in your life, mm-hmm. your cup will overflow mm-hmm. continuously over mm-hmm. and over, and it goes back to um, I know you say a lot. Um, abundantly. Mm-hmm. He'll supply abundantly. you abundantly over what you need. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, like in the hospital room, mm-hmm. the entire waiting room stood mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And so the last, it just ends out, you know, pretty much summing up, based off everything 1 through 5 says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of, days of my life. So I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So pretty much that's what I'm yes. going to do. Yep. Pretty much that's it. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I can see how, you know, that would get you through. That would get me through. Those two. Those, mm-hmm. those, uh, those very words. Uh, each word. Uh, I lived it. And as I read it, I said, oh, my God. And that would give me more faith. Mm-hmm. And saying, this is what he's trying to tell me. You know, because a lot of stuff in the Bible, I don't understand. But as my journey I go through those things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I understand it better by and by. Mm-hmm. By and by, I, I really do. So what words of encouragement would you share with someone that's maybe going through the same experience or have just found out a diagnosis? My favorite song that got me through a many, a many nights, when you have a chance, listen at it by Yolanda Adams. And it simply says, there's no pain mm-hmm. Jesus can feel. There's no hurt he cannot heal. All things work according to his perfect will. Mm-hmm. No matter what you're going through, remember God is using you. For the battle is not yours, it's the Lord. There's no sadness Jesus can't feel. And there's no sorrow he cannot heal. For all things work according to Master's holy will. Mm-hmm. No matter what you're going through, remember that God is only using you. For the battle is not yours, it's the Lord. I would I would, I would say that I have I have said that to a lot of many people that have came to me with, with the same thing that I have and other sickness, but I I would always tell them not only to read that and I always send them to the twenty third Psalms as well because reading that and constantly reading that and asking God to help you to understand and feel his will and, and he will let you know mm-hmm. that he's a healer. He's a protector. So what is the greatest lesson that you have learned throughout this experience? Uh, my whole experience has been uh, all about faith and understanding closeness um my personal relationship with God um to and I, and I think that gave me more strength mm-hmm. um and belief uh in God uh, with my own personal relationship uh with him so I learned how to lean mm-hmm. and depend on God for myself that's beautiful. Yes. So we want to thank you for sharing your story and being so honest, open, and transparent. Mm-hmm. Being so hot today. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before we let you leave, um, we want to do a little fellowship.
fellowship time, we're just going to talk about what we are thankful for this Thanksgiving. So we'll let you go first. What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving? Oh, God, I'm so thankful. I'm so very thankful that uh, I was just telling uh, Ashley that I'm so thankful that February 25th of 2020 would be 10 years that I've been uh, diagnosed and uh, and I'm still here mm-hmm. and uh, and not on oxygen every day. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thankful and I still have my family members still here loving on me, my boys, my mother, most of all my mother, she's stuck by me every step of the way and my mother is 79 years old. But she was still there with me every step of the way. My mother, when I need to be helping her, she would be helping me. And she's still here doing really well. Thank God for that. I'm so thankful for that. I'm mostly thankful for my family and the grace of God. That God got me still here. Blessed healthy, and happy. That's my Thanksgiving. It's a lot to be thankful mm-hmm. for. What about you, Ashley? <sighs> so, uh, just hearing her testimony, it makes me think of, like, things that, you know, little petty stuff that we're, un- well, I am ungrateful for. But we had this conversation the other night with my family, and my my dad was saying, like, how, how do you think your life would be? Do you think... um some of the things that you've done, you're done, you've done in your life would be different if you didn't have the foundation like of our parents and um, the foundation of what they placed in us, which is um, which is God and Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, no, I had a definite answer. Like my my life would be so much different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would have to say just my foundation from my parents mixed with the God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I have to say that and. Also, my mind because you you see so many stories about people and mental health mm-hmm. that I just have a found like a sound mind, not a found mind <laughs> <laughs> but a sound mind like you got a found mind yes. yeah it's found too <laughs> but yeah and you know common sense they so common I got common sense too so I'll be thankful for that too. <laughs> All right, so as far as me, what I'm thankful for this year is just the closeness that I've been able to develop with God. I know that um, recently during my prayer time, I did um, talk about that, about how grateful I was about the closeness. I know when I first started out, I couldn't imagine being at the point that I am now. And just a couple of months later, um, I have already grown so much. I still have a lot of growth to do. We all do. But all do. <laughs> it's just um, do. to to look back and see how far I've come just off these couple months. Yes. I know it's so much more that I have in store for me. A couple of other things that I'm grateful about is um, I'm grateful that um, none of my immediate family members are in the hospital. Like you mentioned, um, you will at least go into the hospital mm-hmm. at least twice a year um Mm -hmm. my grandma recently was in the hospital and she's out now um some things has happened to my family where you know you could be in a hospital Mm -hmm. but we're not Mm -hmm. i'm also thankful um for my manager in particular um 
during the time that I got sick. Um, she's been very understanding, and that's not what you can always expect mm-hmm. when it comes to people in management mm-hmm. positions. Mm-hmm. So she always mm-hmm. wanted me to put my health first. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thankful for my mom. She was always there for me yes. when I was sick. Yes. Every yes. step of the way. I know yes. at one point I couldn't drive and she would leave work and come get me. So I'm thankful for her and I'm thankful that I am doing better, mm-hmm. you know, yes. one day at a time. Yes. I'm thankful for the podcast. Yes. And how far it has come and how far it's growing. Um, what else? I guess that's it. <laughs> I want to say that I'm thankful that y'all chose me and allowed me to spend my um my time with y'all on your new podcast and I am thankful and proud of y'all journey with Christ where y'all came from and where y'all going that is a blessing from God of what y'all doing in podcasts in 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 Talking about Jesus Christ. You don't find that in many young people. And these young ladies have done a wonderful, awesome job uh, in sharing the word of Christ with social media. And I'm very proud of them and thankful that they are doing it. I am. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Anna, we just want to thank you so much for coming here. You have blessed. I know, especially me, I don't know if you saw me. I was trying to fight back my tears a little bit. But thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I appreciate it. Um, and we just want to show our love on this um, day. Your, oh. Of course, we have your, your favorite color. Oh. <laughs> color bag. So thank I hope you enjoy. You. Hope thank you. Enjoy. Y'all so sweet. Y'all are so sweet. About appreciation. Oh. Like, Some more purple. Some oh. more purple. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, thank you. Y'all so sweet. Oh, I'm so glad that mm-hmm. I like that. Life is my adventure. Oh, that is so sweet. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I had to stuff everything in this bag. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sweet. I hope oh, you like thank you. I do. Okay. I do. Okay. I do thank you. Thank you, Pumpkin. And it was my joy to do this. Y'all couldn't have gave a better gift. Because all I do is wear house shoes. Well, I'm glad it fits. Drink cup and drink coffee. There you go. go. Thank you. Again, we want to thank you for your time. Mm -hmm. And we hope that you guys out there enjoyed this um episode about being thankful yes. and remember um just to think about things that you should be thankful for this mm-hmm. thanksgiving and remember to be thankful yes. and not to be ungrateful not yes. to be ungrateful <laughs> <laughs> and um look out for um our next episode after this we'll go and we'll get started into our christmas series anything you want to add Mm-mm. no no that's it yeah thank you for listening and as always be obedient. Bye bye. Bye bye.